The Rebbe starts off the Sikha by saying that we know that Torah is a Torah Achas. It's a unified Torah. So the four different ways of Pshat, Remez, Drush, Soid all make up one Torah, one complete Torah. This is also emphasized in what the Zoya says in regards to Pnimi Yisat and Nigla de Torah. That Pnimi Yisat is like the Neshama and Nigla de Torah is the body, is the goof. That means it's both the Neshama and the goof of one thing. Says the Rebbe, based on this, we need to understand in our parsha in regards to the Machloikas of Kairach. In Pnimi Yisat it's explained at great length the tremendous high level of Kairach. And... The idea, in a positive way, the great quality of what his complaints were. In fact, there's even the explanation that his mistake was only because he was demanding this particular conduct, that Levim should be Koyanim, something that's only going to become true, La'asid Lavoy. Whereas these days, in the world of Hayoim La'asoysim, in this world of action, this type of conduct cannot take place, as explained at length in Chsidus. But in Derech Hapshat, of course, in Pshutish Mikra, we just learn about the tremendous descent, the tremendous fall of Koirach, the very big punishment of Koirach with this whole congregation due to their Machlekes, as explained at length in the simple meaning of the Psukim, and even more so in the Mepharshaya Torah. Says the Rebbe, this isn't really a very, very strong question, because even though it's true that Torah is a Torah Achas, but every portion in Torah, belongs to a different world, to a different level, just like every portion in Torah has its own special rules of how that particular part of Torah is learned. Nevertheless, we still need to have some sort of explanation. Because since, after all, the four parts of the Torah, Pshat Remes Drush Soit, correspond to the four worlds, Atzilus Bri, Yitzirah, and Asiyah, of course, is what the Rebbe is referring to, which in the worlds, each one is Nishtalshel, one comes from the other, so therefore, what should follow is that in the same is true with the four ways of learning Torah, that the Chela Kapshat, within the Chela Kapshat, needs to be expressed at least to a certain extent, at least in a certain detail, the Milo of Koirach and his complaints, just like it is explained at great length in Pnimi Yisra In order to understand this, the Rebbe says, we're first going to focus on a number of questions and diyukim in the simple meaning of the Psukim. So number one. How does it make sense that the 250 people that joined Koirach agreed to be Makriv the Ktoiris? As Moshe Rabbeinu wanted to challenge them and test them and said, this is going to be your test. We'll see who's the Koyain. How does it make sense that they agreed to this? They knew that through the Ktoiris, Nodav and Aviyu got burnt. They knew that a Zor, that a foreigner that brings Ktoiris is Mishayev Benafshoi, Mishayev Misa. Says the Rebbe, even the fact that the Medrish says, and that Rashi says, tip they weren't fools. Because Moshe Rabbeinu warned them, and they accepted this upon themselves, they were ready to be makriv dictators. But rather what happened was, in other words, as Medrish and Rashi says, they sinned against their souls. So we need to have explanation what exactly brought them to the sin, to be ready to give up their lives, even though they were warned exactly what's going to happen. A second question that I've asks is, in Medrish and in Rashi, it brings in regards to what Moshe Rabbeinu said, when Moshe Rabbeinu tells them to prepare the Ktoiras, 
Moshe Rabbeinu says to them, Anu ein lanu ela Hashem echad. We have one Eibishter. We have one Kayin Gadol. You are 250 people. You want Kohuna Gdoila? And then Moshe Rabbeinu finishes with the following puzzling words. I too would like to have this. Says the Rebbe, it's very difficult to understand. Here we're speaking about 250 people that are standing with a machloikas against the Kohuna Gdoila of Arim. They want to take it away from him. How does it make sense that Moshe Rabbeinu is Kavayochel joining in with them by saying, even if it's just saying it, but how can he even say such words? I also want this. Furthermore, why is Moshe Rabbeinu even saying this? Is this supposed to have some sort of impact on them? What kind of impact would this have on the 250 people? A third question. In the general machloikas of Kairach, we need to understand. The Eibishter promises Moshe, that the Yidin are going to believe in you forever. How does it then make sense that Kairach could come and argue against Moshe? Him, with his whole group, with his whole congregation, shouldn't believe that what Moshe Rabbeinu is doing is because Hashem had sent him. Especially that we're speaking about 250 people that were ahead of, heads of the Sanhedrin, the leaders of the Eidah. The Eibishter promised Moshe Rabbeinu that everyone will believe you. So what's going on here? Especially based on what the Rambam says and Mefarshi Atoyer say, that the idea of Bechoya Aminu Loelam that Yidin are going to believe in Moshe Rabbeinu is a result of what we saw by ourselves, not a foreigner. We ourselves saw it. Our own ears heard it. Nobody else. We heard the fire, the sounds, the torches of fire. That we saw Moshe Rabbeinu approaching the cloud, the fog, and the voice speaking to him. We heard the Ebishter saying to him, Moshe, Moshe, go tell the Yidin so and so. So all of this we saw ourselves by Matan Torah. In fact, the Rambam tells us that if a Navi is going to come and try to do all sorts of wonders and miracles and try to contradict the Nevuah of Moshe Rabbeinu, we're not going to listen to him, we're going to know clearly that what he's doing is just using, using witchcraft and other similar methods because the Nevuah of Moshe Rabbeinu is not based on signs and miracles and wonders that he performed but rather what we ourselves saw with our eyes and heard with our ears, just like Moshe Rabbeinu did. Now this is true even in all future generations. How much more so when we're speaking about the original nation that saw this all, the original generation that saw this all. So the question then becomes, how does it make sense? And after all of this, Kairach comes, and Kairach is not a Novi. Kairach is not showing miracles or wonders. And yet, how does it make sense that he's pulling along with him, dragging along with him such a big group of Yidin to deny and to contest Moshe Rabbeinu as the Navi and the Shliach of Hashem? Says the Rebbe, the explanation goes as follows. As it's explicitly in the Pasuk, the Kavon of Machloikas Koirach and his community was that there should be the idea of Kohuna. But rather, they all wanted to be koyenim, or even koyenim gedolim, as Moshe Rabbeinu says, uvikashtem gam kohuna, you also want kohuna. Says the Rebbe, based on this, koyrach is not actually coming to deny that Moshe Rabbeinu is the shliach of Hashem. And that the things that Moshe Rabbeinu had done, including even appointing the koyenim, he's not denying that this is coming from Hashem. Rather, koyrach was of the opinion that what, what Moshe Rabbeinu brought as a message from Hashem, this is still negotiable. Something could still be added to this or changed. How does this make sense? 
Well, just like we find that through tefillah and bakasha, we could ask for things and accomplish things, that the Abishta should change and take off a gzardin, etc. And we even saw this already, that Moshe Rabbeinu's tefillah was able to accomplish after the Chet Egel and after the Chet Meraglim, that Moshe Rabbeinu was able to remove gzairis and other similar stories. So Kairach was of the opinion that we could be piled that the Abishta should take away the Kohun from Aaron and give it over to Kairach. Especially that in fact, in regards to Kohuna itself, we find already that there was a change. First it belonged to the Bechoyrois, and then as a result of the Chet, it was taken away from them and given to Shevet Levi, it was given to Aaron and his children. Furthermore, over here it is a special reason to take it away from Aaron. Aaron had somewhat of a connection to Chet HaEgel, which the Chet was of course the reason why the Kohuna was given to the Koyanim. Whereas the rest of Shevet Levi, and Kairach included, had absolutely no connection to the Chet Egel. On the contrary, Kol B'nai Levi, all of the B'nai Levi were told in Parshas Kisisa, fought against, had Muhammad against those people that pray Aaron L'Shimtza, that Aaron had exposed them to disgrace them. So Aaron in some way had some sort of connection to bring them to the Chet HaEgel, Chas Vashalem, but to a certain degree there was some connection, whereas Chet, the Bnei Levi had no connection at all. So this is what, what's happening with Koirach. Not that he's denying that Moshe Rabbeinu got this Nevoah, that Hashem sent him, but rather he's expressing his, his idea that this could be changed. I, why does Moshe Rabbeinu say that Koirach and his whole congregation are arguing with him? And they're saying that loy Hashem shlochani. This is the way Moshe Rabbeinu repeats and says what they're arguing. That means Moshe Rabbeinu could think that maybe they are concerned that Hashem didn't send them. Says that that's only coming because of Moshe's humility. We know that Moshe Rabbeinu was the most humble man on earth. So Moshe Rabbeinu thought, and he was he held that the promise that Hashem gave him the gam perhaps wasn't fulfilled. Like Yaakov Avinu was afraid, maybe because of something I did wrong, Hashem's promise was taken away. Even though there was already a promise and a guarantee. So Moshe Rabbeinu was, of the, was thinking, as a result of his humility, maybe something got messed up, and now Hashem's promise is not being fulfilled. So yes, someone could contest his authority or the fact that Hashem had sent him. But again, going back to Kairach, that's not what actually was in Kairach's mind. Says the Rebbe, now we can start understanding also in regards to the 250 people. That they also were not meaning to argue against Moshe Rabbeinu. Rather, they also wanted to be Kayanim G'daylim. As Rashi is, emphasizes, and you 250 people, you also want Kohen G'daylim. The Rebbe says in the brackets over here, that via Shloimar, that Kairach actually wanted to be a Kayin Godol instead of Aaron. In other words, he wanted to replace Aaron. So there's one Kayin Godol. In the case of the 250 people, they actually wanted to be Kayin Godolim in addition to Aaron Kayin Godol. They just want more Kayin Godolim. So the Rebbe goes on and says, what is this tremendous desire, this yearning that they want Kohun the Medrashim and Rashi, go ahead and explain that Moshe Rabbeinu actually says, Afani I also want this. In other words, this desire to be a Kohen Gadol, Moshe Rabbeinu also has. This desire itself is a good thing. It's a great thing. 
the actual desire for Kohuna Gdoila is not because they want to take some sort of control over the Yidin. Rather, since a Kayin Gadol is on such a high level, removed from the rest of the Yidin, on the level of Kaidish Kadoshim, always standing in front of Hashem to serve Hashem, they also want to be on this level of Kaidish Kadoshim, on this level of Kayin Gadol. And Moshe Rabbeinu says to them, and he explains to them, that the actual desire to be a Kohen Gadol, that's a great thing. I also want this. But practically, there could only be one Kohen Gadol. Nevertheless, these 250 people had such a strong desire that they agreed to be Makriv Dictatorus, knowing exactly the warning of Moshe Rabbeinu that they are all going to get lost. They were ready to be Makriv Dictatorus, even for a temporary benefit of being able to just for one this one time be able to do this holy avoider to stand in front of Hashem to do this avoider being close to Hashem and yes they recognize and they realize it's going to end up like Nadav and Aviyu. The Rebbe says this is similar to the explanation that's given in regards to the Koyanim Gdoilim in the time of Bayesheni where we say that the Koyanim Gdoilim didn't manage to serve more than one Yom Kippur and they would pass away within the year. Nevertheless they tried very hard to become Kayan and They were even paying for it. And the question, of course, is, since they knew that the previous Kayan Gadol did not end up living through the year, and the next Kayan Gadol, knowing his own level, that he's also not deserving of it. How does it make sense that they were pushing for this, to become the Kayan Gadol? So again, the explanation is similar to what we said, that because of the tremendous yearning and desire to want to go into the Kodesh HaKadoshim on Yom Kippur, where the Shechina is there in such an open and revealed way, everything is worth it to them, even if they're not going to end up living through the year. Says the Rebbe, now we could start understanding how in Pshutish Mikra we also see the very great idea and quality of the Machloikas of Kairach and his community, because I said before, the reason and the point of the Machloikas was actually because of their tremendous desire to be a Kayin Gadol, to be so holy to Hashem on the level of Kodesh HaKadoshim. Says the Rebbe, where is Koirach and his congregation getting this rot and this desire to be Koyanim Gdoilim? The truth of the matter is, this is emphasized in his words itself. The Pasuk says, Kikala Eidokulam Kedoshim, Koirach is arguing, everyone is holy. Ubesoicham Hashem and Hashem is in their midst. Umaduatisnasu, why are you, Moshe and Aaron, lifting yourself up above everyone? Says the Rebbe, the Tanchuma, the Medish Tanchuma, and Rashi both say, that what does this mean? What does it mean that everyone's holy? We were all at Har Sinai. We all heard the words by Har Sinai from Hashem Himself. So why are you lifting yourself up? You shouldn't have chosen for your brother the Kohuna. You're not the only ones that heard at Har Sinai. All the Yidin heard this. What happened by Matan Torah? Hashem said to the Yidden before Matan Torah, You're all a nation of kings, a kingdom of, of Koyanim, a kingdom of Koyanim, and a holy nation. The Balaturim writes about this, that by Har Sinai, during the time of Matan Torah, every single Yid was on the level of a Koyan Godel. So since, in their very essence, every Yid is shaykh to the concept of Kohun it's just a matter that it was a result of the Cheto Egel, it was taken away. In other words, they're not on this level. So this brings out in Kairach and his community this desire for Kohun Agdailah. says the Rebbe, based on this will also be very gishmak, why the name of the Sedra, as it's called in Minig Yisrael, which Minig Yisrael, of course, is Torah, we call it Kairach. We don't call it Vayikach. 
We don't even say Vayikach Koirach. Which, what's the idea of Vayikach Koirach? Rashi, the Targum, translates on Vayikach Koirach, Ve'ispelig Koirach, which means he's separated. As Rashi says, he took himself to a side to be removed, separated from the rest of the congregation to fight against the Kohuna. So if it would say Vayikach Koirach at least, we would know that it's referring to the Machloikas of Koirach. But we just have the word Koirach itself. When we just have the word Koirach, it's not even hinted in any way what's, what is Averis. In other words, the Machloikas against Moshe to contest the Kohuna and all of that, we're just saying the word Koirach. It doesn't even seem like necessarily something so negative. Says the Rebbe, because the Hayrod that we are supposed to be taking from Koirach, from Parshas Koirach, is not only the negative, not to be like Koirach and his people, but there's also something positive over here. This desire that Koirach has, and that the 250 people have, and that Moshe Rabbeinu had, as we said, every Yid needs to have this. And on the contrary, the Rebbe says, this is actually a proof that we heard these words at Harsinai from Hashem, Anoichi Hashem Elikecha, that Havaya became Elikecha, meaning your personal Abishter, your Koyach, became your energy, your Chayas, you took it very, very personally. So that's really the way it's supposed to be. It's supposed to become part of us, this tremendous desire. What's supposed to not be practically is the Vayikach Koyrach. That is, as we said, Vayikach Koyrach is separate, the separation of Koyrach that is leading a Machloikis, which will go against the Kohuna, against the Koyen Gadol that the Eibishter had appointed through Moshe Rabbeinu. And to want to practically be the Koyen Gadol, that's a problem. Because Bapoyal Mamish, practically, there's only one Koyen Gadol, the one that the Eibishter chooses. But the desire, this is something that we all need to have all of the time. Says the Rebbe in Seifches, seemingly we could still ask a question. In regards to Shevet Levi, which, as we know, they were separated to serve the Eibishter and to teach Hashem's ways and His just ways to all the Yidden, and that's why they were separated from the ways of the world. They are the army of Hashem. Regarding Shevet Levi, the Rambam says, that Veloy Shevet Levi Bulvad, that all of the above mentioned is not only regarding Shevet Levi, but every single Yid that's motivated. And he wants to separate himself and stand in front of Hashem to serve Him, to know Hashem, and removes from himself all of the many, many different calculations of the world that many other people are involved in. And he just wants to dedicate himself to Hashem. Every single Yid, says the Rambam, he becomes absolutely in the holiest level. What we see over here is something very interesting. In Avoida Ruchnis, in the spiritual Avoida, every single Yid is Shaykh to the Avoida of Shevet Levi, to stand in front of Hashem, to serve Hashem, and he's on the level of Kodesh Kadoshim. If that's the case, seemingly, there should be the same idea regarding the Koyen Gadol, that the spiritual Avoida of Koyen Gadol is Shaykh to every single Yid. So why is it that we say that you should only remain at the Reitzebekach, only at the desire but practically, it seems like, that even Beruchni is, there's only one Koyen Gadol. So why in regards to Shevet Levi do we say this Beruchni is a Shaykh to everyone, and not in regards to the Koyen Gadol? Says the Rebbe, in order to understand this, we're first going to look at something that seems actually exactly the opposite in regards to Shevet Levi and the Koyen Gadol. And that is, in regards to Shevet Levi, as we just said, Call Ishvish every single person, Asher Nodvarucha Oisoy, that his heart is generous, etc., and he's motivated to do this. He becomes on the level of Shevet Levi. 
But at the same time, even though the Rambam says that every Yid is Shaykh to this, it does not say anything like the expression that we find by the Kayan Gadol that a Yid needs to, and he needs to try to be on the level of Shevet Levi. Yes, every Yid could do it, but we don't find this expression, every Yid needs to be like Shevet Levi. In regards to the Kayan Gadol, we said, based on what we explained, really that should be the desire of every Yid. So we find over here something that seems to be a little bit opposite. On the one hand, again, every Yid is Shaykh to be Shevet Levi, but we're not telling every Yid to try to be Shevet Levi. In regards to the Kayan Gadol was saying, every Yid should, try, should want to be a Kayan Gadol, but no, not every Yid can be like a Kayan Gadol. So what's going on? Says the Rebbe, the explanation is as follows. In Avodah Hashem, there's generally three, three ideas. Three general things. We have mitzvahs, we have Torah, and we have Mesiras Nefesh. Mitzvahs, as we know, are clothed in physical things. Tzitzis in physical, with, we need to use physical fur, physical wool, excuse me. We need to have tefillin from physical parchment. And so too, when the avoided generally involving all the matters of the world, we need to refine, we need to elevate the gashmias, making from it a keli for Hashem. Number two, we have Torah. Torah is higher than clothing itself in the world. And even after it comes down to many, many different levels, through Ishtal Shalos, and comes down into speech, and into thought, and into action, and so on. Nevertheless, as Torah comes into the world, the darkness of the world is never concealing on the Torah. As the famous halacha, that the words of Torah can never become Tomei. In Avoidus Hashem, what does this bring out by a person? The concept of being removed from the world. Then we have step number three, Mesiras Nefesh, which is completely, completely higher it's higher than all of the limitations of Torah and mitzvahs. What is Mesiras Nefesh? Its Indian is becoming completely one united with Elikos in a way beyond all limitations. Says the Rebbe, these three avoiders generally are three general avoiders that we have amongst Klal Yisrael. We have most of the Yidin, who their avoider is in a way of Hanigba and Minig Derecheretz. They're involved with the worldly things, business, work, etc., a person plowing, a person sowing. And, of course, even in those situations, to be Mekayim Mitzvahs. In fact, we have the Avoidah that every Yid needs to be involved in, which is called Kol Masachi Yul Hashem Shemayim, whatever we do, even in our mundane things, should be for the sake of Hashem, in all of our ways, we should know Hashem. This is the general idea of those Yidin that are called Mori Uvn the masters of good deeds. Then we have step number two, which we spoke about before, the Avoidah of Shevet Levi, those that were separated to serve Hashem, to teach Hashem's just ways to the public. As the Pasuk says, They were separated from the ways of the world, which generally this is the Madrega that we call Morei Torah, the masters of Torah. Finally, we have the avoid of a Koyen, and specifically a Koyen Godel that's not even allowed to go out of Yerushalayim. Yerushalayim, as we know, is made up of two words, Yerushalayim, complete fear, complete awe of Hashem which the Shleimus of Yira is the Avoida of Mesiras Nefesh, that absolute bittle. Furthermore, we say, he doesn't even go out of the base Amigdash. In other words, his idea is to stand in a constant unity and connection with Hashem. And of course, there's that unique and special Avoida that the Kohen Gadol has going into, into the Kodesh HaKadoshim once a year on Yom Kippur, and to do his avoida, which this is clearly this idea of Mesiras Nefesh, this motion, this um, mode of Mesiras Nefesh, to be Yechid one with Hashem. Says the Rebbe, now, 
let's have a look again at these two extremes that we said before regarding Shevet Levi and the Koyan Godel. That again, on the one hand, we said that the avoid of Shevet Levi practically is Shaykh to every single person. On a regular basis, a person can be like Shevet Levi. Whereas the avoid of Koyan Godel, we said, you could, you, should, the, you could only have that desire, but you can't actually get to that level. On the other hand, we said, regarding Shevet Levi, we never said every Yid needs to, needs to try to be like Shevet Levi, unless not Varuchoy, unless he has this generous spirit. Whereas the avoid of Koyan Godel, we said, every Yid should have this desire, right, Sabakach. So the Rebbe explains like this. In the avoid of a Yid, being in this world, there's the, there are these two general ideas. We have the avoid of the person working with himself. We have the avoid of the person working with the world. Generally, this is the chiluk of Morei Torah and Morei Uvdintov, and the masters of Torah, the masters of good deeds. Which the main avoid and hayra for every single Yid Generally, the main thing that a Yidin are involved in is the involvement in doing mitzvahs, mari uvdin tavin, because through this we accomplish the idea of dira betachtoinim. So that's the regular mode that most Yidin are involved in. A person that's not varuchoy, a person that has a special generous spirit, he could have that by him should become his main avoida in the avoida of Torah, mari Torah. In other words, to separate himself from the world. This is an avoided that Shaykh every Yid could be there if he wants to be there. We then have the avoid of the Koyen Godel, which is the absolute dveikos and connection to Hashem in a way of Mesiras Nefesh. Now this is not a regular Seder for every single person every single day in his avoid of Hashem, but what there does need to be is the concept of Reutzebekach. The person has to have that mindset that this is the focus, this is where I want to be, this is what I'm trying to get to. So the Rebbe explains... By both of the avoiders, in other words, whether the avoider of Torah or mitzvahs, whether the avoider of Mori Torah and Uvdin Tovin, which are again, either the avoider of every Yid on a regular basis or the special, the Yidin that specially want to be involved in Torah. But by both of them, every Yid needs to have the Ratzoin, that desire to be connected to the Yehimishter to the extent of Mesiras Nefesh. But since, of course, the kavano and rotzoin of the essence of Hashem is that there should be a neshama beguv bo'olam hazeh, fulfilling the rotzoin of Hashem, so he's doing his avoided down here in one of the two ways, which is again Torah or mitzvahs. Either in the main avoided, in Yadam Gashmim, through fulfilling mitzvahs, making the world a dir yizbarich, or the avoid of some of the people that are masters of Torah, separated from the world. But at the same time, the roitzah has to be, he has to have that desire to be completely united to the extent of Mesidas Nefesh. And Davka, when you have the Reutzebekach, that you're rotzing your desire to Hashem, to be completely dovuk lelikus, to be completely connected to Hashem, this is the way you're going to be able to do Bishlemus, also the other two Avoidois, of Torah and Mitzvahs, because then the world in its, on its own is not a goal and a purpose for itself. Separating from the world is also not a goal and purpose for itself. Rather, again, the one focus is just being one with Hashem. And b'makim sheritzoyne shala adam. Shamunim to where a person's desire is, that's where he is. And therefore in every single avoidah, what's his rotten, what's his thought? Dveikos to Hashem. And then we are also zoicha, that we have b'poil, the gili of la'asid. 
when it will be fulfilled that Leviim will be Koyanim. And furthermore, every single Yid is going to be on the level of a Koyan God. As it says in the Balaturim that La'asid Lavoi, it will come back to the Yid and the idea of Kuluna Gdoyla, as the Postic says, Va'atem Koyane Hashem Tikoreu, you will all be called the Koyanim of Hashem. By the Geula Amitis Va'ashleimut Rumashiach Tzidkeinu, when we will have Moshe Va'aroinim Mohem.